0: Time to play the game.
2: Time to play the game! <laughs> it may be the nighttime, but
0: the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports
2: talk radio that's live, local. And not
0: for the faint of heart. Oh, you <laughs> Sometimes angry. Telling it like it is.
2: You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And
0: pretty much always right.
2: Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404 929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, yeah, so it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Kia Studios on this Sunday morning. Going to be with you for the full four. I'm ah, not used to working four hours. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much, but you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Take your smartphone. Take your Lexus speakers. Take your tablet. Your Texas Instruments calculator your epson color printer your casio watch whatever your device is just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go social media is at 929 the game on instagram facebook and twitter and as always the best way to be a part of the show follow us on our personal twitter pages i am at jmch316 that is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there we got our guy garrett chapman Producing the show today, one of our Dopey Millennials. Uh, Garrett's on Twitter at the uh, G-C-H-A-P-A-T-L. What is that? G-Chap-A-T-L. G-Chap-A-T-L.
3: All right. Easier, to, easier when you say it that way. Yeah, uh, again. And, hey, but, I'm but off I, the bench now. I'm off the bench. For that's what? A, that's the name of my new show. Oh, I'm Off the Bench with Garrett Chapman, man. Wait, it's not the Dopey Millennials anymore? Well, I'm still technically the Dopey Millennials. I'm one half of the Dopey Millennials. So but is that is I that have sh- my show too? So you have I'm doing all show, kinds of things, man.
2: You, you have your show. You have a dopey millennial show. Like, what's next? I mean, who knows,
3: man? The the world's my oyster at okay. this point.
2: All right. Well, that's good. I'm um, listen. Um, so you're not doing stuff with uh,
3: still doing with, stuff with cable Caleb okay. every now and then. Um, I, but yesterday you've he big actually. Timed, but you have big timed him though, right? No, he, I think he big timed me. Really? Yeah. Okay. He moved off, and now he's the dopey millennial. So I had to, I had to find a new show.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so again, there's in-house fighting.
3: I mean, no, no, life's still good. I mean, we're, we're like the the house is still in order. I mean, we're still doing pretty fine. Can but... you guys be in the same studio together? He handed off to me yesterday. We had the whole last segment. Okay. So we had a, we, right. yeah, life's still fine. Okay.
2: All right. Well, Garrett's gonna be here hanging out uh, with us. So, yes, sir. Um, we got a lot to get into here. Obviously, look, we'll be Falcons heavy for the show, right? I mean, we we've got. Preseason game number one, and I, look here's before I get into all of my commentary, and we'll open up the phone lines to you, get your thoughts. You know as well. Look, it's a good win, and and they did what they had to do. I mean, what would be the alternative? We stink it up. That's why I saw a lot of people on Twitter. Oh well, let's not get over our skis and all this, that, and the other, and blah 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 blah. You know, it's one preseason game. It's the first game, and none of the starters played. Well, what would you have us do? Be be dreadful. Uh, By the way, um, is Arnold Abicady going to be here in a couple weeks? Is D. Alford going to be here in a few weeks? Because those guys are on the roster. Those guys are going to play a significant amount of minutes. is going to be your starting outside linebacker. You better hope to hell that he looks good against the second-team guys. You you better hope that he can dominate second-team guys. Because guess what? If he can't dominate second-teamers and he's going to line up against the best left tackles in the NFL, we're going to be screwed. So, yeah, it's a good win. Did what they had to do. I thought it was good all the way around. They sacked the quarterback. They made turnovers. You know, again, they, they did what they had to do. So, again, I don't, I don't know what you want for the alternative. I mean, we stink it up. We look lousy against the the Dolphins. I mean, I don't know. So, we'll get into a lot of conversation about that. And uh I've got – All kinds of thoughts uh, about it. Like I said, we'll open up the phone lines to you as well, and we'll get your thoughts about uh, what you saw on Friday night. Let's talk about the Braves first and foremost as um, uh, what a joke. I mean, there's no other way to describe it, to describe what the New York mutts are. They are an absolute joke of a franchise. And the Braves have gone in And what I talk about on Friday night, no, no, what night? Thursday night, Thursday night, talked about the idea of you need to go in and kick the crap out of the mutts. They stink. They're a lousy franchise. They're dreadful. They've traded all their best players, their best starters, and whatever. Their owner's a buffoon. Their manager's a nitwit. And their roster stinks. And it couldn't happen to a better bunch of dirtbag, flea bag, scuzz bucket teams in and the Major League Baseball. You know what? Let's hit our song. Let, let's go for our song. Let's go. F the Mets. F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. Bring your kiddies. Bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. F the Mets, F the Mets, step right up and F the Mets. Bring your kitties, bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. What a scuzz bucket, dirt bag, flea bag, pig slop, pig franchise that they are. And it couldn't happen to a better bunch of dirt bags. Did I, Garrett, have I ever said to you or told you, I know I've told Day Day, I hate the Mets. I loathe the Mets. I loathe every. I hate their airport. I hate their toilet bowl of a stadium. I hate their colors. I hate everything about them. That damn
3: apple that pops up when you yeah, hit a home absolutely. run. Yeah, absolutely. No, I hate him. I hate, I hate, hate Howard him.
2: Johnson. I hate... <laughs> I hate Jesse Orosco. I hate Roger McDowell. I hate all of them. It's fun beating up your little brother, though. I will say. Oh yeah, listen. What was it yesterday? The twenty-one to three game. That was more point, uh, more runs than like two thirds of the teams in preseason scored points wise.
3: It was ridiculous. I mean, which was the better game? Like you have the. Uh, I saw somebody like a, a meme of it on Twitter. Where they, had threw out, they threw it up there with like, all of the pre, other preseason scores. Oh, yeah. Because it yeah, looks yeah. like a, it's a baseball score.
2: Right. No, I'm, no, it was a football score. It's a football score. Right. I mean, it was 21 to 3. 20, 21 to 3. And then they came back and went 6 nothing. What, what have the Mutt's scored? Three runs in three games against the Braves? They've right?
3: zero runs by somebody who started a game for them in three games. What, what the no, break? they've given up. They've given up and it, it's just Yeah, because they're a scuzz bucket, flea bag,
2: dirt bag organization. That's why they're a joke. They're losers. That's all.
3: That's just what they oh, do. Oh, let's go they spend lose. a
2: whole bunch of money. They talk a lot of mess, lose a lot of games. R- remember when people were talking about, well, the mutts are gonna be really good this year. They they they've they've spent all this money and they've got all these guys and blah 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 blah. How'd that work out? What a bunch of low-life dirtbags. Like I said, there's nothing bad that isn't warranted to happen to the New York mutts, and they've given up on the season. But Let me see. I, I want to see how where they're at now because are they officially in last place? No, they're half a game out of last place. They are half a game out with a 900 million dollar payroll or whatever it is that they gave out in the offseason they're half a game from being in last place behind the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals are a glorified triple A team. They're barely a step above the Oakland A's. The Washington Nationals are like a what is it a um uh, like like a glorified triple A team, but one of my like like a like an exhibition team. Like they're barely above the Oakland A's, and the mutts are about to be behind them. And you know what? They spent all of this money. Good luck with all those contracts. Good luck with all those contracts. Yeah, you got rid of Verlander and Scherzer. You still got a whole bunch of payroll on the books. The Lindors and everybody else. How long before Pete Alonso says, I've had enough of this mess? How long before he he says, you know what? I don't want to waste the prime of my career for a scuzzbag organization. Well, you saw him shatter his helmet last night. Yeah. I mean, he's done with this. Yeah. Again, listen, shattering your helmet, if he'd have hit himself in the head, it wouldn't have done any damage. I love it. I I, I absolutely love it. And, again, you know, there'll be guys – talking about, you know, trying to get out of that organization because it's a bunch of lowlifes. What a bunch of low lowlifes. And like I said, not, there's no bad things that that aren't warranted to happen to the New York Mutts. So um, Spencer Strider gets another win. We'll talk more about him coming up uh, in the show um, because, again, I, I think he's the leader in the clubhouse for something. But we'll talk a little bit later about, uh, about that uh, in the show. But – um, and again, Braves just up and down the lineup, right? I mean, we've talked about how good the bottom of their order is. That's been the whole key this year. The whole key has been all about the idea of their seven, eight, nine hitters keep turning that lineup over, and you're letting Ronnie and Ozzy and Olson and Riley just get more and more at bats. And the more those guys are up hitting, the more it's just they just pound the daylights out of teams. Olsen's having a phenomenal year. He's probably going to break the single-season record for the Braves organization in home runs in a season. Andrew had the uh, – what year was that? Was it 2005 that Andrew had the record? 2005, was it Yeah, 2005. Yeah, yeah. With the 52 homers, right? 51. 51 homers. So um, he's on pace to break all of that. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, Ronnie's going to win the MVP award. I want to see where Olsen finishes. I think I think it's going to be – Ronnie 1, Freddie Freeman 2, and I wonder if Olsen is third, if he's third now in the National League.
3: He's also on pace to tie a ridiculously old Braves franchise record for RBIs in a season, 145. That's what he's on pace for, which is – I can't remember the name. I talked about it last night, but it was for, it's from, like, 1893. Hmm. So or, we're talking about something that is from the 19th century. Yeah, I, I
2: don't I don't even know who holds the modern I mean I'm guessing either either Hank Aaron or Eddie Matthews have the modern day record. Maybe Chipper. But again, uh, uh, but let uh, me look. I got to double well, check that. Here, I don't here. think I don't think that's it. I, it was what? surprised me when I looked. No, you know what? Actually 2000 look up 2003. Didn't Sheffield have 137 RBI that year? Sheffield in 2003, I think he had 137 RBI for that team. He was a monster. In 2003, remember they had over 400 RBI for their outfield with Chipper, Andrew, and Sheffield. I think I think Sheffield's got the either Sheffield or Galarraga have I think the modern day record for, for the Braves. But anyway, again Olson's having a monster season, and I, I wonder if he's going to finish third in the MVP voting. Um, he's not going to win it, and I think Freddie Freeman. There, everybody's looking at Freddie Freeman as being second. But I wonder if Olsen will end up finishing third uh, in all of this. So, again, monster season for uh, Matt Olson. Braves Braves look to close this thing out. I mean, there, there's no reason to lose today. No reason whatsoever to lose today to the Scuzzbucket Mets. So, Braves will uh, sweep this thing, and then they'll move on out of Gotham and you know they'll probably be fifty-five games up uh, in the division by the time it's all said and done. It
3: is Eddie Matthews, by the way. 100, okay. 135 in nineteen fifty-three. Then Hank Aaron, in nineteen fifty-seven, had a hundred thirty-two. How many? Did, how many did Sheffield have in in uh, two thousand three? Two thousand three is hundred thirty-two. So he's tied with <sighs> Hank Aaron. Hundred thirty-two is a lot.
2: Yeah, hundred thirty-two RBI. That's wow. a monster number. So
3: yeah, Andrew Jones only had a hundred twenty-eight. I say only. Yes, hundred twenty-eight in two thousand five. When he had the fifty-one home runs, yeah, Sheffield had. So he accounted run. for a th- like, like, just under half of his own home run with just his own runs.
2: Sheffield had a month. I mean, Sheffield hit like three thirty that year. with yeah. thirty-seven homers and one hundred thirty-two RBI. I mean, he had a monster year in two thousand three. So
3: that Braves team in two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, those the, those Braves teams were so good. That's
2: the modern day run scored record for the Braves. That's the twentieth century and beyond run scored record. They have 907 runs in that season. So anyway, all right. uh, When we get back, thoughts about the Falcons. Let's open up the phone lines to you as well. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Give us your thoughts about the Falcons as well. Chuck, hanging out here in the Kia studios on this Sunday morning with you. Sports Radio at 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. to have the time of your life. Sports Radio, 92.9, The Game, back at it. Chuck Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Sunday morning with him. All right, 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Taking your thoughts about what you saw on Friday night from the Atlanta Falcons as the... Um, Packers Falcons took up a good win here, 19-3, over the Miami Dolphins after a couple of successful days of practices with the uh, Dolphins. Um, two pretty good practices, and, and the defense shown. You know, I I said on Thursday night on my show that um, one of the big things I want to see, I knew it was going to be vanilla, and there wasn't going to be any intricacies or anything like that, like they weren't going to show anything, you know, what have you. I said I wanted to see... If we just looked different, did we win some one-on-ones? Did we look like a different franchise? Did we look like we had some players? Did we look like we can compete with some of the better teams in the NFL? And I think I got a lot of that. I mean, I know that obviously the the starters didn't play at all. Although guys like Ebikedi, and that's probably part of, you know, because they just don't have enough, you know, kind of edge players to to put out there, but Ebba played, you know, D. Alford is is obviously gonna be a player. Michael Walker is gonna get plenty of snaps and things like that. I mean, so, you know, we just we didn't see starters. We didn't see Desmond Ritter at all. We didn't see any of the, you know, skill position people. We didn't see uh B. John Robinson make his debut or anything like that. And all of that will happen in time. Like all of this will happen Next week, really. I mean, we'll see guys getting there. And, and Arthur Smith talked about the idea of, you know, we'll see starters at some point. It'll probably be next week before we see them, next Friday, when the Falcons are home against the Cincinnati Bungles. And, you know, it'll be their home debut. It'll be number two preseason game where in a three-game preseason, you expect them to play pretty good amount of guys in the second game, and then probably not much of anybody in the third. I mean, Desmond Ritter may get treated like, you know, a normal preseason game for game number one, where he might play eight or ten snaps in the third game of the preseason. But by and large, you probably won't see a lot of guys playing in the third game. So I didn't have a problem with any of that. I mean, I didn't really expect to see – Ritter and all these guys, and even if they did play, they were only going to play maybe eight or ten snaps at most. But I got what I wanted out of it, and that was, do we look like we're going to be a better team, a better-looking roster, a better-looking defense? Yeah, yeah, I think we saw that. You know, again, we had, I think it was five sacks in the game, a punt return for a touchdown, Um, we stopped them three times in the red zone, you know, from getting no points. You know, I, I saw a lot of what I wanted to out of that game. And I don't care if it's backups on backups. I don't care if it's guys who aren't going to be in the league. The idea is, do we look better? And there were plenty of guys out there that are going to be on this roster. I mean, Ebba Cady, Alford, D'Angelo Malone, Michael Walker. DeMarco Helm's, I mean, who had a, a monster game. I mean, you want to see that out of your rookies, right? I mean, if nothing else, you want to see a rookie come in and look like he belongs on the football field. Well, that's what DeMarco Helm's showed you. He had five tackles, a pass defended. You know, he looked good for what he was doing out there. That's what you want to see. You want to see Katie dominate. You want to see him dominate their offensive line like you want to see him do those kinds of things because again as I said in the first segment if he can't dominate second teamers how's he gonna dominate first teamers so all of it was good in a lot of ways they ran the football effectively you know again they didn't they didn't trot out Algier or Bijan Robinson I'm not worried about seeing those guys first in the preseason I'm not worried about seeing them I like the idea that they let Logan Woodside throw it around a little bit, and when Desmond Ritter gets in into game number two, I want to see them throw it around a little bit. Like, I know Desmond Ritter can turn and hand it off to people. I know he can do that, but I want to see him throw it around a little bit. I want to see I want to see him huck it around a little bit. I want to see him take a couple of deep shots, just send a guy on a go route, and let's see what, we, what he can do. Let's see if we can open it up a little bit. I know what our offensive philosophy is going to be. We're going to run the football, we're going to run the football effectively, we're going to run it behind our offensive line. And I, I will say, and, and I know Jalen Mayfield had the one play where he got spun around and he, got, he missed two guys and all that kind of stuff, but by and large, Jalen Mayfield played pretty well. And we'll talk about at the top of the, uh, the hour, we'll talk about the, the, the pro football focus grades from the game, but I thought Mayfield played pretty well. I mean, when he's, asked, when he's asked to go north and south, when he's not asked to, you know, spin all around and take on, you know, speed edge guys and all this other kind of stuff, when he's asked to just go north and south, he can do that. That's what he can do. You know, he's big enough, strong enough, good enough that he can do that. He can, he can go north and south in the run game. If if you ask him to do everything else, if you ask him to do all kinds of crazy stuff and, you know, start trying to take on speed guys off the edge and all this and the other, okay, now he's going to struggle. And he did. But by and large, I thought he played pretty well. I thought he, thought he did his job in that game. And he was one of the guys who got a lot of playing time. I was a little bit upset to not see Bergeron play because I thought this would have been a perfect opportunity With them not playing any of their starters on their offensive line, I thought this would have been a perfect opportunity to get him some game action, to get him some action going early on in that game. But okay. I mean, I guess we'll probably see him in the next preseason game. I'm not sure if Hennessy is going to start. I'm not sure if Hennessy's back and ready to start. But, you know, if not, Bergeron will will be there. And I want to see Bergeron. I mean, he's one of the guys that I was really hoping to see. More than anybody else, I was really hoping to see Matthew Bergeron get some chances and get some snaps and things like that, you know, in that game last, uh, on Friday night. That's, that's the guy I wanted to see because, obviously, he's playing a new position for the very first time. And while I understand practice and camp and all this kind of stuff, there's no substitute for game action. And I wanted to see him play just to get, you know, some snaps in and obviously get some tape of him against, you know, everybody else. So that was the one thing that I was a little bit disappointed in is just not being able to see, you know, Matthew Bergeron starting off and, and playing out there. But, again, the special teams played well. Um, yeah, you know, they had the, the, the punt return for a touchdown. I mean, D. Alford, you know, looked, looked good. And he's going to be one of those guys. And Arthur Smith has talked a lot about him in training camp. Arthur Smith is, even unprovoked, Arthur Smith has brought his name up during training camp. You know, even even when he's not been asked about D. Alford, he brought his name up a couple of different times at training camp about having a good camp and playing well and doing some good things and this and the other. And look, I I, I like him as a player. I think he's, you know, again, when we're talking about guys that are going to be part of this rotation of defensive backs, nickel guys, what have you. D. Alford's a guy that, you know, is going to be a part of all of that. And then maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know how the punt return situation is going to shake out, but certainly he looked like a guy who could return punts. He looked like a guy who could do something. I wasn't impressed to see Matthew Sexton getting the first punt return. I think that should have been D. Alford or Penny Hart or somebody like that. I was hoping to see more of those guys. And obviously, they only punted it twice. So it wasn't like they um, – um, or I should say three times that they, uh, that they punted. It wasn't like that they punted a whole bunch. But I didn't really want to see Matthew Sexton um, you know, starting off. I want to see D. Alford or Penny Hart or somebody like that um, get their shot uh, at, at punt returning. But, um, but they ran the football effectively with the running backs that they had. With Carlos Washington Jr., um, Godwin Igubuike, Bue- 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 Iguibu- Bue- is that right? Yeah, close enough. Yeah. So, uh, but they did some good things. They ran for a hundred yards in the game. You know, again, your third and fourth running backs that that are available to you, right? I mean, again, I'm not worried about our running back room. I'm not worried about what our running back room is going to look like with Patterson, Bijan, and Algier. I'm not worried about what those guys are going to look like. I did think that one of the things about the uh, two was the Falcons did a pretty good job of catching passes in traffic. You know, there were some throws that were, you know, put into areas where there were a lot of bodies around, and I thought our receivers did a pretty good job of catching some passes in traffic. Now, again, we didn't see many of those guys. Scottie Miller's the only real guy that, that, you know, is is a lock for the roster that had a catch. But, you know, Ali, Penny Hart, those guys made a couple of nice catches. Um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside had a nice catch um, on a couple of targets. So it was good to see some of those guys catch some passes. And, again, you know, catching some passes in traffic, making some difficult catches or what have you. You know, again, I don't know how much those guys are going to be a factor on the roster. Um, I think Penny Hart's going to be a guy that if he doesn't make the punt return team, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can stick or not on the roster with their wide receiver groups. But, again, I thought overall that there, that there were some good things that were taken away from, from the game, uh, especially on the offensive and defensive side. I mean, defensive side, I thought, did their job completely. I thought that they, they had an outstanding performance in the game. Stopping the Dolphins in the red zone. You know, coming up with some passes defended, you know, on it. Sacking the quarterback, obviously. You know, I thought that was all good signs that the defense showed you. So, again, I'd much rather us look good with our second teamers than getting in a situation where we stink it up with our second teamers. So, we'll talk more about the Falcons when we get back. Your thoughts, 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, TheOdison.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuck show, hanging out in the key studios on a Sunday morning with you. 404-726-0929, that is our phone line, and it is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of this show, taking your thoughts about the Atlanta Falcons and what we saw on Friday night. Uh, Another guy that I thought played pretty well uh, on Friday was uh, Nate Landman. He uh, had five uh, total tackles, one uh, solo, and uh, obviously the quarterback sack um, in the game. And, you know, again, when we talk about rotational guys who can help out, you know, I thought uh, D'Angelo Malone did some nice things uh, as well. I thought, you know, again, most of the guys who had a chance to play on the defensive side of things did pretty well. You know, Albert Hughes contributed, you know, half a sack uh, in the game. Um, Guys like, you know, Landman, who had the sack. um, Arnold Abicady, obviously, with the sack. Uh, Natron Brooks had a sack in the game. You know, again, I thought, our rotational guys. And, look, that's part of what you're looking for. I mean, God forbid that we get into injuries or different things like that. But you're going to have guys beat up and banged up, and you're going to have some guys hurt. And you obviously are going to rotate guys on your defensive side of the football, especially on your defensive line. You're going to have some of those guys. Again, better for those guys to look good. And Landman's a guy who he played in seven games last year. So he did play a little bit last year. I'm not telling you he's going to light the world on fire or anything like that. But, you know, again, when we start talking about can you get to 40 sacks, right? Can you you get 40 sacks? And be a competent playoff defense, okay? Can landman have one or two sacks? Can a guy that surprised you come up with one or two sacks? Trying to get to that forty number, right? that's that's the goal is to get to forty sacks at the end of the day and find a way, you know, put pressure on quarterbacks. And that was one of the things that I really wanted to see. just did we look like a team that was getting after the other team's quarterback? And I don't care if it was. Skylar Thompson or what have you playing quarterback. I don't care if it was you know Joe Bag of Donuts back there playing quarterback. They're playing in the NFL. You go after the guys that you go after, and again you try to accumulate as many numbers against them as you can. So um, got no problem with the fact that it was Skyler Thompson. So, but I thought that their defense really got after a little bit and and did a pretty good job overall. Mike White or Skylar Thompson, whatever those guys are. Again, I know it's not Tua. But, again, we also don't have our starters in against the tour. Uh four oh four right, let's grab Mel. What's going on, Mel? Well,
0: you don't have to get your breath like you did when you came, uh, when, when you did call on, uh, uh, asking me about, uh, <clears throat> but you know what? I agree with you, man. I don't know what's going to happen to me today, but I agree with what, uh, what you just said about uh, gold Falcons hmm The faculty should run away with, with, with this division this year. They should run away with it. They look, they, they look different. That's what I'm saying. I agree with you.
2: Yeah, I, I think, they, Mel. You know, they
0: look different. I, you know, uh, something just came over me. I just got chilled up and down my spine, man.
2: Yeah, uh, again, the fact, Mel, that we're agreeing with one another. Like, isn't that you know, a, yeah, isn't I this I a breakthrough? What I, I don't know what's going to happen to me today. Well, I mean, isn't because that a breakthrough I, I, moment? I agree with you. Isn't isn't that a breakthrough moment for us that that nah, we're agreeing come on together? Now. Huh? You know, a mission bag, You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's we're gonna happen to me today. Well, listen, let's do this, Mel. Let's meet down at the liquor store, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> hey, come we'll, on now. Look, uh, here. look, here.
0: you know what? Uh, don't start that now. What? I haven't had my drink this morning. Well, don't
2: start that. Well, again, it's it's and, late. And, it's late and, the day. you you are you, not gonna drink my brand. No, no, no. It's late the day. It's late in the day, so again, appreciate it, Mel. Thanks, uh, oh. thanks, thanks for the kind words. So we, listen, Mel and I agree. So that's that's listen that that's how that's how in sync with this Atlanta Falcons team that we are. That if the Falcons have brought me and Mel together, then that's exactly what we want. Winning cures all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, win, winning fixes everything. Right? Winning fixes everything. So just the fact that Mel and I are now on the same page, but. To Mel's point, I mean, again, they they look like they're different and say what you will. Now, again, I'm excited to see coming up on Friday night, you know, look, I I don't know what the Bengals are going to do or play or whatever like that. I don't know what the status of Joe Burrow is, right? Obviously, we saw him go down a couple of weeks ago or whatever. I I don't know what, what their status is. I truthfully don't follow the Cincinnati Bengals, so I couldn't tell you about what's going on other than I saw that injury from Joe Burrow, but. I don't know what their status is. I don't know what they're, uh, you know, they're going to be showing up with uh, come Friday night in Atlanta. But, again, I just thought that the our team looked different. I thought that we looked different, and especially on the defensive side of the football. And I thought we were aggressive. I thought the guys that we did have in there played and made their one-on-ones. They were getting after people. They were, they were getting after it. Now, again, they've got some stuff to work on and clean up. I mean, they had too many missed tackles. Now, again, that's still been a bugaboo for this team, too many missed tackles, especially in the running game. I mean, the Dolphins had some big runs, and they broke off some big gamers, but, or big gamers, I should say. But, uh, you know, that was that was one of the things that, okay, that's got to be cleaned up and worked on. And we'll, and we'll hear from um, Arthur Smith coming up top of the hour when we get to the flyover. But certainly their tackling has to, you know, improve. But, again, I know that's – it's all the backup players and things like that that are, that are in the game. And, look, I was especially excited that, you know, Arnold Ibikati, who I've said, I think Arnold Ibikati has the most pressure on him. I don't, think, I don't even think it's Desmond Ritter. I think Arnold Ibikati has got to make the biggest leap forward for this team. Somebody has to be a guy that can be a fire breather coming off the edge and make life difficult for quarterbacks. Like, somebody has to be that player. We don't have those kinds of players right now. We don't have guys who can just come off the edge and breathe fire and just tear up quarterbacks. We need Arnold Evacati to step up and be that guy. We need him to, you know, be that breakthrough player that we think he can be. Had a good college career at Penn State, obviously drafted in the second round for this team, and certainly the expectations are here now. And, again, I thought that he was a guy that – should have played more last year, especially at the starting position. I mean, again, when the Falcons were by and large out of it in the last few weeks of the season, thought he should have started more and gotten a chance to play more in games. But okay, they didn't they don't seem to play, you know, or at least under Dean P's, they don't seem to play as many of their rookies or play as many a uh, percentage of snaps with their rookies. So okay. But now Ebba cady has got to be, you know, our starting outside linebacker, and I'm still interested to see who's going to shake out being that other outside linebacker that that starts up with us. You know, again, is it going to be Bud Dupree? Does he does he win the job? You know, is it Lorenzo Carter or what have you? I mean, again, we'll we'll see what what shakes out of this. You know, over the next couple few weeks here, but I know Ebe Cady's going to be on one side of that defensive line. And hopefully he can be our fire breather that comes after the quarterback and certainly puts, puts pressure on him. But I thought that they got contributions, you know, all the way around. You know, D'Angelo Malone's going to be an interesting guy because by all accounts, you know, he dropped a little bit of weight and maybe he's not as thick now and maybe he's not as big now. But, um, you know, what's his role going to be? I know, and Zach Harrison, too, by the way, you know, he was a guy that certainly has been making a name for himself in camp. And he was a guy that I wanted to see, Thought he did some good things. Um, you know, he got lost a little bit at times. I do. I do think that there was a couple of times where he got lost um, in some things. He had the nice tackle for loss in the game, but I think that there was a couple of times where he got lost. And I've talked about this before. I mean, all the reports out of Ohio state, he was a huge recruit coming out of Ohio state five-star kid coming out of like the, not Columbus area specifically, but just a little bit north, northwest, or I should say northeast of, um, uh, of, of Columbus, he was a huge high school recruit. And at times, it, when, when he wanted to dominate, he could dominate. When he didn't want to dominate, he didn't dominate. And probably should have been better than maybe a second-team All-Big Ten player, which is no slouch by any stretch, but probably could have even been a better college player than what he was. And look, he was a good college player, but probably could have been even better than what they what they thought he would be when he first came onto campus. So again, if Zach Harrison is a guy that wants to dominate and be really good, he'll dominate and be really good. He's got that much ability. And we saw some, you know, flashes of that. We saw little bits and pieces and stuff like that. But again, he's a rookie, you know, who's going to get lost out on the football field. All these guys get lost on the football field at a time. I mean, Troy Anderson was a guy who, at times look lost during the regular season i mean that that happens that that that's that's par for the course for for these rookies, but certainly he's a guy that has been making names a name for himself in training camp, and i'll I'll be interested to see some of these guys that are the younger guys you know get their playing opportunity amped up, and certainly when we get into the regular season because again, we're not going to know anything really about this defense for probably the first four weeks of the season. We're probably not going to know anything for at least the first month of the season about where we're really trending. You know, yeah, there'll be some moments and things like that, and there'll be some ups and downs and different things like that, but we probably won't know completely what this defense is going to round into form as for at least probably the first month until we kind of see Ryan Nielsen get everything in regular season put together and kind of get a rotation of guys, you know, down, you know, that may take a little bit, you know, getting used to. But certainly we're hoping that Cady and, you know, some of these other guys, Caden Ellis is another guy that, you know, you hope that uh, that he can break out. And, and I'll be interested to see some of these guys that did not play on Friday night, you know, not so much Drake London and Kyle Pitts, stuff like that. But but again, I'll, I'll, I'm excited to see what Desmond Ritter looks like. I'm definitely excited to see what Caden Ellis Looks like I'm excited to see if Calais Campbell is going to get any snaps in the uh, preseason. I'm, I'm excited to see if he's going to play a little bit. I'm excited to see David Onyemata. I think there's a real strength in our defensive line with Grady Onyemata, Calais Campbell. I think that those guys are a real strength for this team. But l- let's—I want to see just a—I want to see little bits and flashes, right? I want to see little bits and flashes, even maybe before we get into the uh, regular season, even before we get into what it looks like. I mean, if you line all those guys up for even just eight or ten snaps, I want to see it look different. Now, that that's one of the things that the, the biggest takeaway for me is that the Falcons' defense looked different. Their personnel was different, obviously, but they were winning their one-on-ones. They were creating turnovers. And we talked about this the other night on the show, that the Falcons have the last three years finished what was it? No, 17th, 19th, and 26 in turnovers per game. They only had one turnover per game last year, 17 turnovers in 17 games played. They came away with four turnovers in that game. Now, say what you will, whoever was quarterback or this or that, or whatever like that, but they still came away with four turnovers. That's something that we're not used to seeing out of this Atlanta Falcons defense. That's something we haven't seen in a few years out of this Falcons defense. So that was also a good sign that besides sacking the quarterback, and again, when you get teams in a down and distance, you can start to create more turnovers, right? Or get them into obvious one-dimensional situations on offense. That's another way to create turnovers on defense. So all good all the way around. All right, we get back from the top of the hour. be time for the Falcons flyover. We're going to hear from Arthur Smith. And the pro football focus grades from week one. Check we're hanging out with you in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, Nintendo, and the Game, Odyssey.com app.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.TV. Watch every out of market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi view mode, and catch up with in game highlights.